Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Araminta Show. Welcome to a brand new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and I am here with a very special guest. He is the co-host of the Arthur podcast, Elwood City Limits. We have Will Young. Welcome, Will. Thank you very much. I feel very welcome. Uh, you're, thank you. So, yeah, I'm actually curious. Um, how did you first get introduced to Arthur? Was it by the TV series or by the books? The TV series is what uh, kind of sticks out to me the most. I, I, it could be very well be that I read the books when I was younger, but I distinctly remember when I was in, I want to say grade three or four, seeing a commercial on PBS for Arthur. It's like, coming soon, it's this TV show called Arthur. And I was like, that looks kind of interesting, might as well check that out. And then... From the very first episode, the ver- like I, can't, I can't confirm this, of course, but I think I would have watched the premiere episode of Arthur on the day that it debuted, and from then on, that that was all that needed to be said. I was with Arthur for years and years after that, and that was what really uh, got me into it, and always kind of held a special place in my heart because I'm a kind of nostalgic type of person, and I would look back on that very fondly. It was just a show that I liked for a very long time. Now, um, I actually, believe it or not, got introduced to the books first before I got introduced to the series because um, I remember that we would have like a whole series of books that in my class that we would like get a chance to read, and there was like a you know a lot of, like a lot of books. Uh, there was a lot of um, scholastic books because my school. Uh, used to have the Scholastic Book Fair like every couple of months and then there would be people like purchasing a whole bunch of books from there. So there'll be a lot of Goosebumps books, there'll be a lot of, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog books and, you know, kind of like mix in between um, would be like a whole bunch of Arthur books. So, you know, we saw like the like the early crude drawings of Arthur with like the really long nose, like with Arthur's eyes yeah. and Arthur's nose and such. And then I did hear about it on the commercial of PBS. Uh, this was probably when I was still watching Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. So that they were saying, oh, there's going to be some new episode. There's going to be a new show called Arthur. 
And I was like, oh, this is based off of the, the books that I know of. And so that's when I first watched it. And, you know, I started following the series until I was probably like around, uh, I would like to say maybe my second or third year of high school. That's when I kind of stopped. Um, but um, I, I kind of still like, you know, knew that the show was still going on. I wasn't like one of those people when the 22nd season premiered. It's like, oh, wow, Arthur's still going on. But no, I actually did know that it was still going on. So, yeah, that's how I got introduced to it. So, uh, unfortunately, your co-host, uh, Lucas, who also um, joins you on the Elwood City Limits podcast, was not able to join. So, um, I'm actually curious about um, how did the both of you meet? Did you, um, were, were already friends, um, you know, before the podcast or... Um, were you friends for a long time? So, um, yeah, let me, uh, tell us how you guys first met. So Lucas and I were both in the same uh, community college program at in different years. He was kind of one year my junior. So it, it was a two it was a two year program called uh, at the time Radio and Television Arts, and we both seated into radio. Um, we both wanted to work in that field. We kind of met during school, but like I didn't, th- I didn't think that much of him, and I didn't really interact with him much at all. It ended up being that we both were were working at the same uh, rural radio station at the same time, and we kind of became a bit more friendly that way. And it was around that time I was living in, like I said, it was a very rural part of the province I live in, Nova Scotia. And I was very, I was very lonely and very bored. So I thought, well, this is a great time to start a podcast, uh, to just to just to have something to do. And one of the things that came to my mind was, well, there's you know a few TV shows I could talk about. There's a lot could talk about wrestling, could talk about movies, could talk about any number of old TV shows that I've watched. But you know what? There's not a, there's not an Arthur podcast out there, so I could really corner that market and be the essentially the only game in town, which sounded better than the 10 millionth wrestling podcast. And when I was thinking about co-hosts that I wanted to do it with, because I knew it couldn't be just me, um, I had kind of a short list of people, and Lucas was uh, an attractive. Uh, prospect immediately because he was physically there with me like we saw each other Monday to Friday so I figured I would ask him and see what he thought and go from there and it turned out he was actually quite interested in doing an Arthur podcast he had fond memories of it as well and working at a radio station we were both able to kind of procure a professional sound studio which is why if you listen Back to the very beginning of the podcast, like I, I, I'm a little self conscious about it because our early shows actually probably sound better than our more recent shows, and that was because we were in like a full recording booth with, um, you know, like foam on the walls and uh, professional microphones and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm just like sitting on a chair in my room and uh, on like a Yeti microphone, so. There's, it probably did, actually, one of the rare instances where the production quality was better when we started. And uh, so we just started doing that after work, like once a week, and just kind of doing it for fun, because for, it took a long time for it to really catch fire. But to to go back to your question, Lucas and I actually became better friends through doing the podcast. And this is how we primarily interact with each other these days. We both live in neighboring cities, so we don't see each other very much, but you know, once a week or so, we get to kind of check up on each other and interact through doing the podcast. And we've been doing that for uh, 
going on three years now. When taking the task of covering a major show like Arthur, because as mentioned earlier, it's just recently started its 22nd season. Did you have like any expectations of, you know, going back through Arthur? Because I know some people, when it comes to like watching a show, they're kind of a little hesitant to it saying like, oh, maybe it's not as good as I w- it was when I was a kid. Maybe I shouldn't watch it. Or um, maybe I want to watch it maybe just for, I you know, for ironic purposes or something. But then there are people who are like, no, I enjoy this show. I want to watch it because, um, you know, this is something that is really meaningful for me. So um, when going in through um, the the task of you know looking back on every single episode of Arthur, what was your mindset at first, and how has it changed since then? So when we started, what I wanted to do was to be sincere. I think that it's really easy to kind of take the the I guess the more Beavis and Butthead approach of just kind of hey let's watch this old cartoon and laugh at it because of course watching Arthur as a twenty something it's not going to do the same thing for me that uh that it did when I was when I was little and I had to reconcile that very quickly but so there were two ways that I could take it. it could be very sardonic which a lot of people do and that's fine but I genuinely felt that there was some still some value to Arthur as a show for kids and as I've learned watching it again as something for adults here and there as well and I wanted to kind of represent it as fairly as I could and uh, that's that's why kind of early on we wanted to t- take it take it a bit seriously. Obviously, have poke fun at it uh, and kind of criticize well well meaningly when we when we had to. But we always wanted to kind of be kind to it because it was a formative show for both Lucas and I. And there was no value in you know just seeking to tear it down or criticize it and also none to be completely google-eyed about it and be like this was the best show ever i wish i was still eight years old um so we wanted to be be fair to it and in doing that we've actually found that it still has quite a bit of value and it's an and it's still an entertaining show to watch yeah, it definitely is. It, it it came out at the right time. It came out at the peak of the slice of life era in the 90s in which there were so many cartoons that came out that was about kids going to school and living normal lives and just being with their friends. And you know, there it was it came out like around the times of Hey Arnold, Recess, The Weekenders, Disney's Doug. And then later on, you know, with Lloyd in Space and Pepper Ann, Brace Face is told by Ginger, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I definitely can see, you know, it was trying to, you know, write on the coattails of that particular era. Because, you know, it, it was kind of like in a case in which, like, Doug was the first that kind of, like, kickstarted it because it came on in, like, 91. And then, like, right afterwards, like, with, like, um you know, um, Arthur and Hey Arnold and then a whole bunch of other shows would be coming out at that point. It would kind of like ride into a next wave of these cartoons that would be around for almost a decade until other cartoons started coming out and kind of um, brought in a sense of, no, this is what's popular now. Those cartoons, you know, nobody really cares about them anymore. So I, I think that looking back on something like Arthur where it's just very sincere, especially with the life lessons that it taught and some of the serious topics that it would go into. Um, it, it's definitely a, an entertaining show to look back on. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that's a really good observation. There were a lot of those types of shows 
uh, around that time. And I feel like that was probably in, you know, now that we have hindsight, we can kind of look back and see what the temperature was in kind of the cultural climate at the time. And it seemed like there were a lot of television shows in general, but also in kids media as a result that wanted to reflect reality a bit more. It was probably to do some, at least something with the fact that generation X was a big talking point and they kind of famously were very counterculture and kind of wanted to be alternative or not as prescribed or um, kind of prone to fantasy, perhaps, as the 80s. Not to say that there weren't any, but there was a certain reflection of reality that they wanted to portray in media. And with the shows that you mentioned, and including Arthur, you're you're right. There did, there did seem to be a more trend towards perhaps maybe a bit of magic realism, as we've said on the show before, uh, but a certain type of not just reality in terms of like things are more grounded and realistic, but also portraying different types of um, uh, scenarios. And that's that's another thing that we really love about Arthur watching it again is that it is one of those shows that has always been unafraid to portray different realities for kids. And by that, I mean, there are kids with different religious backgrounds. There are kids with different family situations. There are kids with different economic and living situations. And they and there are often one-off episodes where they can explore that a lot more in depth. And that's not something that you necessarily find a lot in kids' media in general. And Arthur still continues to do that, as we've been seeing uh, recently in uh, in the show's run as well. Yeah, like, I would think that for over 10 years, Arthur was, like, the only cartoon of its kind in terms of a kid going to school and living through everyday life because it was at the point in which, um, you know, cartoons started to expand and experiment. So, you know, the early 2000s, we had a lot more superhero cartoons. Um, anime was becoming a lot more popular. And also... Um, you know, there there was a there was a higher emphasis on action cartoons that a lot of people started to gravitate towards, and like around maybe like the late two thousands with like all grown up and such, it was like being one of the last of its kind, and then it pretty much just like kind of petered out, and nobody was caring for it anymore. I mean, not even in Japan, you know, they were doing as much of it anymore because you know the likes of you know, more dramatic and more supernatural cartoon, um, you know, cartoons were coming out like with Death Note and such. So I think because of cartoons nowadays with the likes of The Loud House and uh, Clarence and Harvey Beaks, they kind of like paved the way of saying, you know what, we've been doing these kind of rambunctious wild cartoons for over 10 years. I think that maybe there's an audience out there that wants to you know, calm down and watch something that's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's um, you. You paint a very good kind of broad historical picture of how cartoons have changed a lot. But it's funny how Arthur has rolled with those changes and is still on the air as well. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned how in the early two thousands there was a trend towards anime and uh, more action cartoons. And I got to believe that part of that is that we were growing up for most of the early 2000s in a post-9-11 world, and there was a a need and a desire for a lot more escapism. But then you have a show like Arthur. We haven't covered this on our podcast yet, but one that tackled the issue of something as 
uh, almost all encompassing within North America as 9-11 with an episode like May, May, 9, uh, May 9th, I think it was. Sorry if I got that date wrong. Uh, but it tackles it in a much less escapist way and some a bit a bit more direct while still keeping it kind of broad. And it's, it shows that despite what the dominant culture kind of wants at a certain time, there will always be shows, room for um, programming, let's say, that approaches something in a more delicate and nuanced way. And I feel like those are the ones that often stand uh, the test of time, like Arthur does. And uh, another thing that, you know, um, ever since, um, I would say like maybe over the past couple of months, no, no, I'm sorry. Ever, um, you know, ever since I was finished with We're In Between, which was an As Told By Ginger weekly podcast that I did with a few friends of mine, was finished, I was like, you know, what what, what more can I do? Because, it, I mean, at that point, I was still doing, um, you know, a look back on all the Pixar films, and this was before a look back on the, the DreamWorks films that I'm doing now with my co-host, Aaron. Um, I decided that I really wanted to look back on Arthur because I was kind of still in that kick. I've been tossing in my head back and forth for the longest time about maybe doing a new series on my channel about looking back on these slice of life cartoons. But um, while I was looking at Arthur and, and then I, you know, discovered your show, I, 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 it's kind of funny because I did a video on Disney's Doug and I found out that a lot of the writers who were on, you know, Doug, such as uh, Joe Fallon and Ken Scarborough also worked on Arthur. And that also kind of got me putting two and two together. It's like, oh, I can now I can kind of see that in which, you know, some of these characters are maybe like little facets of the characters that would be featured in Doug with a mixture of the books. Because the dream sequences, for example, that would be showing up in every single episode of Arthur, I, they, they were never in the books as far as I can tell. I think that some, that was carried off from Doug in which you would have daydreams about Quailman and such. And also, um, you know, even some of the characters, like if you were to see them like uh, more in detail, like, you know, kind of like the normal kid with Arthur and it's like with Doug. And then you have the, you know, the the, the best friend with Skeeter and, you know, with um, Buster and such. So it kind of was a very interesting thing about how, you know, the um, I guess that the writers who worked on um, Arthur in the earlier seasons were, you know, taking their experiences from Doug and putting into that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that really is. That's uh, actually I was never aware of that myself. I'm not the most, um, uh, you know, I'm not certainly not the authority on Arthur, nor have I ever claimed to be. So that's a really interesting fact, and they do, they do kind of uh, coalesce in really interesting ways. Doug and Arthur in more obvious and less less obvious ways. So I'm glad that you glad that you pointed that out. I'm gonna kind of have that in the back of my mind as we continue on here. Yeah, I mean, it was just something I figured out. Uh, I'm actually planning on doing something on Arthur myself, but, you know, it's just my crazy, nerdy brain that never stops thinking about stuff. It's just pulling out for some reason or another. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I'm actually curious. So when looking back on the series, um, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, who have been your favorite characters and your favorite episodes at, um, you know, at the point that you're at, which is that you recently started season seven. For anybody who's listened to our podcast before, we are, Lucas and I, are huge fans of Binky. Binky has been uh, the MVP of the show so far because he has been the character who has been consistently the funniest. He has got some of the best lines. Um, 
He's also been one of the most developed characters in a strange way. Arthur is a show that kind of resists uh, long-term development, so it can be a little bit um, frustrating to watch sometimes as as an adult viewer. You know, we are used to television shows that kind of uh, grow and mature and change, and you kind of can't do that too much within a kid's show that is meant to be more episodic. But you can see, like, you can actually track changes in Binky's behavior uh, which kind of suggests character growth and almost an arc to who he is. And that kind of makes him the most interesting to watch. So whenever it's a Binky episode, we're like, oh, man, it's a it's a Binky episode. We're like, we're in for a good one now. And like nine times out of ten, we usually are. Uh, also, a big, uh, big fan of DW. I'm uh, Another thing about reappraising a show as a kid is that you have usually learned to overcome biases that you had when you were young. And, of course, when I was young... The most annoying thing in the world to me was a little girl who was smarter than me and funnier than me and uh, put me in my place. So I didn't like DW very much, but now as an adult, I think she's very funny, usually, and uh, just a a really good element to have within the show. Um, I also find myself identifying with Arthur a lot. Uh, I have trouble with anxiety, and Arthur is so much an anxious type of character that I end up relating to a lot of the problems that he has because of it. And I'll also want to stick up for Fern as well. I think Fern's a wonderful character. I love how she's such a proto-goth and she's uh, uh, so very, one of the more quietly uh, literature-heavy characters on the show. And I think that I really want to see more from her. And uh, so those ones immediately uh, stick out as my favorites. Individual episodes, we have uh, kind of season wrap-up episodes at the end of every one, and that's where we list our top five favorite episodes. Um, a lot of the ones that I end up going back to, like the more the, the farther along we get, and th- this is probably partly my nostalgia bias uh, coming through, but season one, and like the more that I kind of go through the show and the kind of less part of my childhood it becomes, I realize just how good it was. Uh, my go-to answer for my favorite episode is the uh, Arthur's Baby, DW's Baby doubleheader. That, that one's usually my favorite. Uh, I also really like one that we did in a recent season, Arthur and Los Vecinos. I thought that was a really very interesting, very, very, um, yeah, it, well, interesting and effective way to show diversity within the Arthur cast. And, of course, to kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was like over 10 years before The Loud House was spin over to uh, Los Casa Grandes. Exactly. Um, and beyond that, I, I, I have trouble thinking of the, these sorts of things on the spot. But there's been uh, several Binky-related episodes that I think are real winners. Um, there was uh, the Prunella Henry Screever episode, the very first one. I actually remember liking a lot more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, it's, and there's, but I would say there was, there's a lot within season one that stand out to me as all time classics of the show. But as we go along in the show's run, it's still able to pull those out. Like there are, there are at least a couple within a given season. I'm like, these are all time part of the Arthur canon that should be recognized as like all time great episodes. So we're certainly not hurting for them. Now, I'm actually curious, what have been some of your least favorite characters or episodes? Um, least favorite characters. The good thing is that 
with least favorite characters, it's always the ones that are the least developed. Uh, and but that always has room to change. Like the where the point where we are at in the podcast right now is that Muffy has been kind of underrepresented. Uh, in terms of like being shown as an actual human being, but we're we're st- we seem to be trending in a bit of a way where we're she's starting to get a little bit more development, and Lucas and I are open to Muffy being uh, less of a crummy character. So our hopes are high. The same goes for Prunella. She had a really good episode uh, in the last couple of seasons, and she's starting to open up a little bit more as well. So I don't know if there a lot of the characters I would say I don't like are like um you know one-off characters like cousin Cora from the first season or something but we never see her again so as far as the regular cast goes I don't think there's any that I can think of that I really dislike uh episodes I dislike um again I'll kind of speak in generalities because we don't necessarily like to you know focus heavily focus on the negative we will point it out every now and then but I find that the ones that don't really hit for me are usually the ones that aren't super funny or super focused and the ones that could that any kids show could do which you know it Arthur has a lot of episodes has a lot of seasons so they're gonna fall they're gonna they're gonna do those takes on those classic uh kids kids show cartoon uh tropes and a lot of times it's like it's like Arthur competing with everybody else and the best is when Arthur knows I, I, I say Arthur is a monolith the the writers of the show the creators of the show and the animators they know that they can do something that no other cartoon can do and those are the usually the best episodes the worst ones are when they kind of try and do what everybody else does and then it kind of ends up just being not even bad necessarily all the time. There have been a couple of bad ones, but unremarkable, I think, is what they usually end up being. And that's uh, d- disappointing. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to put the focus on any particular episode, mostly because, again, I'm really bad at thinking of things on the spot. Uh, I, so I can't think of anything right now. But it's it's... Definitely had more hits than misses, and the good thing is that whenever we encounter an episode that we don't like, it's like, well, that one was no good, but um, the next, but the next one, by the next one, we should be on the upward trend. So it's never enough to kind of, you know, vex us or um, kind of frustrate us too much. Now I, I want to wrap things up, and I, I want to know, like, you know, the one final question. And I, I always say this. Uh, I used to always say this when I was doing War in Between. But um, what do you think that the, you know, what do you think of the legacy of Arthur as a whole? The fact that it's still been going on for over 20 years and, um, you know, people are still watching it and and people were still like completely shocked by the fact that, um, you know, it's still running. And, you know, even the most recent episode has like generated a lot of people to kind of like have a resurgence of watching Arthur again. I think that ever since um, the season 22 premiere where Mr. Rappern is getting married to someone who's, um, well, it was revealed that he was gay. I've seen so many people saying thank you and, you know, and, uh, you know, to um, the writer Peter Hirsch and, you know, they were doing fan art online and Mark Brown uh, posted a video talking about uh, bringing more diversity into the show. So, yeah, I'm actually curious about, like, you know, what are your, you know, what, what do you think of Arthur as a whole? So, it's been on the air since the late 90s and continues to be. And I think that there's something to be said about 
the properties in entertainment that stick around. And it's easy to get negative about that because there are a lot of people who can be like, well, you know, it's, you know, it's hasn't been good for so long. I've of course heard the criticisms a lot about like, well, when Arthur changed the animation style, it got really bad or like it's been bad for a long time. And that may very well be true. I, I mean, I'd, I mean, I am a quote unquote Simpsons fan, you know, of the first 12 seasons, but that's still going on. And I can't say that I really laugh at it anytime I see it on TV, but there is something to be said about the fact that these these let's let's just say television shows that stick around for as long as The Simpsons or Arthur. And I mean think about that first of all that you can mention The Simpsons and Arthur in the same breath as being long-lived television shows. There's something to be said about how the appeal of these shows crosses generations. Like I was watching this show when I was in elementary school, and now it's still on the air. I'm married, and I'm in the next couple of years, I'm probably going to have my first kid. Like, it really is. It's literally passing through generations. And I can only speak to Arthur because having watched it for the last several years, having uh, have it had a such a huge part of my life, I can say that it's because it reflects values and ways of treating other people that never ever go out of style the core concept of arthur is that there are people just like you with real problems uh with real feelings that deserve your respect and that deserve to be listened to and talked about and that's what arthur's been about from the very beginning and that has never changed in very real ways. And of course, we can have fun with it. We can be funny about it. Sometimes we can miss the mark. Sometimes we can really hit it. But the core concept of Arthur is, uh, well, it's uh, when you walk down the street, everybody that you meet has a different point of view. And it's all about respecting those points of view as as long as they're, you know, not harmful and learning from your mistakes and make making those mistakes again and continuing to learn from them apologizing when it's necessary and respecting people and i think that those are values that never go out of style and arthur has been the one to consistently present that to a younger audience with a kind of dignity maturity and respect that a lot of other long-lived shows or shows or entertainment properties in general cannot claim to have and that is why i think arthur is as long lived as it is and it could pretty much continue to represent those values for as long as it wanted to and the recent happenings with mr ratburn is indicative of that like if if i don't know like there's been mostly blowback from you know blowhards on a certain side of the political spectrum who will say who will say this and that about you know what are they teaching our kids they're teaching kids to respect people and love them where they are no matter who they are because everyone is fundamentally fundamentally deserving of respect and love and understanding so i think that arthur has always been about that that's how i that's at least what i feel it's always been about and i feel that's been effectively communicated to me for over 20 years of my life, and that is why it's still here and why it still deserves to be here. 
Absolutely. I, I don't think you could have uh, said it any better. So I think that uh, that's a great way to end things off. So, uh, Will, I want to thank you again for coming into the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I don't get the opportunity to, de- to do many interviews myself, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing uh, with your YouTube channel and with all of all of your projects. I think that it's important to look back on the things we love in a critical way, and that's not to tear it down. That's not even necessarily to build it up, but recognize how it was a part of our life and how it formed who we are today. And I think that we need more people like you who are making the effort to be um, critical, but in a in a respectful and very creative and interesting way. So I want to thank you for including me as part of that. So once again, uh, please plug and promote your podcast. My podcast is Elwood City Limits. We've been going for the last three years, and we are very close to hitting episode 100, so you have a lot of back episodes to listen to if you want to. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and we just recently became uh, uh, available on Spotify as well. If there's a podcast service, we're generally on it, unless we're not, in which case, let us know. And you can do that by going to us on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter at ECL Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, and we are on Instagram as well. I believe that's also at ECL Podcast. You can uh, email us at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com about pretty much anything relating to Arthur or the show. Uh, If you do find us on your favorite podcast service, please give us a rating and a uh, review. And beyond that, you can uh, find us on Twitter individually. I am at WillYumY. That's W-I-L-L-Y-U-M-W-H-Y. And I believe Lucas is Lucas underscore Mancini. And that's, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. I haven't had to do my own plugs in a while. Oh, no, it's uh, one more thing. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. This is a way if you have discovered the show, if you like us, and if you want to say thank you, it takes as little as a dollar a month. We just released our review of Detective, of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And uh, you can get that for as little as a dollar a month. You can also get access to uh, Arthur movie commentaries that we've done, extra episodes about what we've been up to, and uh, all kinds of bonus content as well. And in the future, if we get to 40 patrons, we're going to go see that Sonic the Hedgehog movie, for like, like it or not. So if that sounds like something you want us to do, or if you just want to say thank you, kick us a buck, um, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Don't feel like you have to, though. It would mean a lot to us if you just listened to the podcast and rediscovered how cool Arthur is. So once again, uh, thank you, Will, for coming on by. It has been my genuine pleasure. Thank you very much. So let us know in the comments below about how you first got introduced to Arthur. What were your favorite episodes? Who were your favorite characters? Were you surprised that Arthur's still going on after, you know, over 20 years? Uh, have you seen the recent episode of Mr. Rapburn's Wedding? Also, uh, if you are a fan of the Elwood City Limits podcast, um, then please uh, share off Old School Lane. Uh, my channel is um, youtube.com slash pbm717. Um, I have a blog, oldschoollane.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash oldschoollane. I'm on Twitter, uh, twitter.com um, at uh, patty underscore b underscore miranda. And, uh, yeah, and uh, for those who are new to the Elwood City Limits podcast, then, you know, please go check them out. I'll have their links in the description below. 
So yeah, that's it. I hope to see you around soon and take care.